It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, Gronk here, calling a 30-second hair huddle. When it comes to tackling hair loss, Hims has you covered. From clinically proven regrowth treatments to thickening shampoo and conditioner. Just go to 4 for a free consultation. Then a licensed medical provider can help you with your game plan. If prescribed, Hims ships directly to your door. Get your hair back in the game with Hims. Try today and get a 90-day money-back guarantee at 4 Just go to 4 slash NFL. That's 4 slash NFL. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. Do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh. Every day. Touchdown. You are locked on Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today's episode is brought to you by Pepsi. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. It is crossover Thursday. So our conversation with Cody Davis from Locked on Texans is coming up in a little bit to help us break down what is not a marquee matchup uh, in terms of playoff seating or anything like that. But it is certainly one that will draw a lot of intrigue. It is going to be on uh, the big national window for the early games such that there is one of those there's as we get later in the season. There's usually one or two big games that most of the country will get. The Packers and the Texans will be the big game that most of the country will get in the early window. So we'll get Cody on to talk about that a little bit later. I want to start today's show with something that I think is really interesting. And it was something that as I went back to watch, I noticed and and it clicked in my brain. And then Andy Herman, who started Packaday Podcast and is a friend of this program and is my colleague over at Packer Report, asked Matt LaFleur this question. And it was, Matt, how do you think it affects the game that the Texans basically played a version of your offense a week ago? Essentially, when you look at the tape, you can see how the Texans defended certain concepts, how they didn't defend certain concepts, and what might work. Because remember, the Titans scored a bunch of points on Houston, and that makes it easier in terms of trying to translate, okay, these are the things that work and don't work. A lot of times, that's going to require a lot of extrapolation. It's going to require going, okay, well, that's similar to a concept we run. We run it out of this personnel grouping. No, no. The Titans scored 42 points on Houston, 36 in regulation, running what is essentially Matt LaFleur's playbook. Arthur Smith is running Matt LaFleur's playbook in Tennessee. Now, they have some different personnel, of course. The Packers don't have Derrick Henry, 
but they do have Aaron Rodgers, they do have Devontae Adams, and they have a better offensive line. It should be the case that Green Bay can attack Houston much the same way. Now, I thought LaFleur's answer was interesting. He said, well, it goes both ways because Houston, now having seen it for a week, can make adjustments. It's like the second time you play a team, you're not going to be able to attack them the same way. This is true with divisional opponents. And this is kind of what happened. In a way, the Texans get two weeks to prepare for Green Bay's offense because they spent the last week before this one preparing for the Titans. It does make it easier for Matt LaFleur in one way, and that is he doesn't have to guess. He says, okay, these concepts, they responded this way. Now, how do we think they'll make adjustments? How do teams normally make adjustments? How do other how have other teams made adjustments? And Romeo Cornell was the defensive coordinator for the Texans when Matt LaFleur was the OC in Tennessee. So even though you know there's there's plenty of personnel differences then to now, there is at least some tendency, some feel for what they're getting in Romeo Cornell. So that familiarity to me is a bigger deal. For the offense, it's a bigger deal for the Packers. Having seen it when you couldn't stop it is not that big of an advantage. You know, if the Packers had played, uh, you know, let's say there was another team out there that that really ran the Kyle Shanahan offense. The Packers playing it before playing the 49ers last year wasn't going to help them prepare for the 49ers because they're able to execute in a way that most other teams aren't. So when you look at this this Houston defense, they're 27th in DVOA, 20th against the pass, 28th against the run. They're not a good defense. Not like Green Bay's defense is significantly better. By DVOA, it's actually worse. So you can say, oh, well, you know, the Titans, they scored all these points. Well, they're going to need them because Houston has offensive firepower. It's it it may be a marginal advantage that they know how Houston is going to defend some of these precise concepts, but Green Bay's offense doesn't look exactly like Tennessee's because their personnel is different. They use motion differently, they use bunch formations differently, and they have a different quarterback with a different set of skills and a different purview in this offense. So a lot of the concepts are going to be the same, but the way they're deployed are different and different enough that I, I think. You know, it, it is going to mean some advantage for Green Bay, but not a big one. It's still an interesting idea to me, and I'll be fascinated to see. It it, it reminds me, though, of, of a discussion that has been had this week. You know, Jamel Dean, after the pick six, said, I knew the formation, and, and they're running this concept out of that formation. Aaron Rodgers said in his interview with Pat McAfee, hey, you know, we have to be cognizant of that. And then in interviews on Wednesday, both he and Devontae Adams essentially said that guy was full of it. And it's not that big a deal. I guarantee you they are working on a double move showing that look. That they're going to bring Devontae Adams into the, the boundary, run a little outbreaker, and throw an out and up for a touchdown on one of these teams. They're going to they're gonna guess that those guys are scouting and, and seeing the same stuff on tape. And it might be this week. It might be this week. They say, okay, well, you've got two corners out there. 
Neither of them are great. Vernon Hargraves and Bradley Roby, inconsistent, aggressive guys. They can be beat in these scenarios. You can use that information against them. So even if you say, okay, Houston saw Tennessee and they saw those concepts, they're going to make adjustments. Well, you can use those adjustments against them. Okay, they like to run outside zone this way. Okay, everyone knows they like to run outside zone this way. But now, okay, from this formation, they're expecting outside zone. Now here's the play action shot off that. Now that's overly simplified because the nuances are the things that someone like Jamel Dean is going to see and key in on and say, okay, I know what to do here. I know what concept they're going with. Green Bay, I think, is going to be able to use that and say, you know, we got keyed a little bit last week. They saw from this bunch formation that we like to run a screen to the wide side of the field. All right, well, here's the pump and go. Here's the bubble go. The counters, when someone is reading your mail the way that Todd Bowles did with the Packers last week, that's when Matt LaFleur can really start cooking because he loves to break tendencies and he loves to use the tendency that he's put on tape, that he's put on tape specifically so that you try and and bite on it. Eventually, he's got the counter for it. That is the foundation of this offense. So it allows him to say, okay, going into this week, Tampa was super aggressive. They sat on everything. They thought they knew what was coming. In a lot of cases, they did. Okay, if Houston takes the same tact, particularly in a week where they just saw a similar offense and they think, okay, we're on it. We're ready. We've seen this stuff before. So we can we can make these adjustments and we can play a little bit more aggressively here and we can spin our coverage this way and we can run this stunt against this. Well, okay. Now, Matt LaFleur just spent the last week going, okay, he's, these are the tendencies they exploited. The same ones... Houston is going to see on tape because they just played a similar offense and they just saw what the the Buccaneers did. They probably are going to try a lot of the same stuff. So here's how we beat that. It's not just the adjustment. That's why football is such a chess match. It's not just the adjustment. It's the adjustment to the adjustment. And then the counter to the adjustment there. And then going back to the original play, there's there's so much of that back and forth. And Matt LaFleur through a year and a half in his career, has shown he is particularly adept at making those adjustments. And if you're not particularly adept when it comes to car buying and certainly car part buying, Rock Auto is here for you. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts for tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in their how did you hear about us section so they know we sent you. 
Hey, listen up, FanDuel Fantasy players. Your day is about to get 20% better. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Lockdown Fantasy Football here on the Lockdown Network, and I have an offer for you. Start playing fantasy this football season, and FanDuel will give you a 20% bonus on your first deposit. That's up to $500. That's a big-time bonus, and all you need to do to claim it is to make your first deposit on FanDuel. I love the fantasy contests they have on FanDuel. So many different ways to play, cash games, tournaments. I like to challenge myself there Take my fantasy football knowledge to the next level. Many different types of game formats you can pick from. Main slate, single game, best ball, snake draft, and you can even play private contests with your friends. There's an awesome slate of games on hand every single week. You can get the players that you don't have in your redraft leagues into your lineup. Try to get that big time return on investment. Every week is a new chance for you to win big at FanDuel, and that's what I love about it. Experience season-long wins without the season-long wait. Sign up today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your bonus and start playing today. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Agent location restrictions apply. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires after 30 days. We're back for another crossover Thursday. Locked on Packers, locked on Texans. Joining me from Locked on Texans, Cody Davis. And Cody, this is not the season Houston or Houston fans thought they were going to get coming into the year. Bill O'Brien is out. Romeo Cronell is in. Uh, Luckily, Deshaun Watson, J.J. Watt, some of their marquee players are still in the mix. Deshaun Watson uh, is still trying to make it work almost single-handedly help them beat the Titans next w- or last week, excuse me. But going into this game, are the Texans really still playing for anything other than pride? Yeah, you know, at this point, it is really confusing to know what the Houston Texans are playing for. You have one <laughs> side of the fan base saying, you know, hey, you can still salvage this season. You still have J.J. Watt. You still have Deshaun Watson. We can still make a second half push towards the playoffs. And, you know, it's it's a little bit reasonable given that our schedule is going to be a little bit more easier. But then you have people like me and my co-host John that's saying, you know what, just red shirt this year, clean house and just start fresh. So either either way, regardless of of what the fans want, the Texans are going to line up on Sunday and they're going to try and beat the Green Bay Packers. That's a player's job and and they're still going to do it. They very much tried last week knowing that, hey, look, the playoffs probably not within reach. So. This offense is still really, really talented. Deshaun Watson is incredible. You've got Will Fuller, Brandon Cooks is healthy, Randall Cobb, David Johnson, Laramie Tunsil. The offensive line is quietly playing better than I think a lot of people realize. So how how can anyone slow this Texans team down uh, if, if they can? Because I'm not convinced they can. Well, to be honest with you, the Texans actually slow themselves down. And what I mean by that is, you know, you have Deshaun Watson and it finally seems like Watson and his receiving core are finally starting to get that mojo, finally starting to get that chemistry. And to be honest with you, I think it would be in the Texans best interest just to stick to that game plan. But for some reason, they still want to try to have a run game, a run game that has been inefficient, a run <laughs> game that has been terrible with David Johnson. And I'm sorry, at first, I I really thought that a change of scenery was what David Johnson needed, but unfortunately, it's not. And when you think about the Houston Texans and you think about some of the most productive running backs they have had, I mean, outside of Arian Foster, we had we never really had the best run game in the league, but it was reasonable. You go back to last year with Carlos Hyde and Duke Johnson, 
It was a reasonable run game. This year, the run game has been so inefficient. And there has been so many times that the Houston Texans offense get out there on the field and they go three and out because you wasted two of your first three possessions trying to run the ball. And David Johnson is only averaging somewhere between three to three and a half yards per carry. He's not getting anywhere. And that's if he gets somewhere beyond the line of scrimmage. There has been so many times throughout these first six weeks that he has been stopped behind the line of scrimmage, which means the Houston Texans are losing yards. So that's why I say I feel like the Houston Texans at the end of the day, they, they, they're they going to beat themselves because when you put the ball into Sean Watson's hand, he's going to make something happen out of nothing. And right. he has shown that time and time again. And given how depleted Bill O'Brien has left this organization, has left this roster, it's it's to the point where the Texans are just forced to just make sure that they win or lose by any means necessary with Deshaun Watson and the ball in his hands. And yet they continue to give it to David Johnson. As you said, what's interesting oh, is gosh. they have a really inefficient run game. And according to ESPN's run block win rate, have a top five run blocking offensive line. It's really <laughs> remarkable that that's the position that they're in. When I saw that, I was like, there's no way that's true. But it, watching it, it this team, is. it is, and, yeah. And, and Peter, let me say something real quick. You know, it's it's very frustrating. Every single Sunday, I ask my co-host John this question. I say, do you think it's the offensive line or do you think David Johnson just isn't good? And the answer every single week is David Johnson just isn't good. And it's, it's so frustrating. As someone who is an avowed Deshaun Watson fan, I have been – on his corner, just like or in his corner since Clemson, I think he's incredible. I, I hope for his sake that Eric Bieniemy is his coach very soon. Obviously, we, I want to talk more about what's going on on Sunday. But if you're if you're if you get a phone call tomorrow from the Houston organization and they say, Cody, who should we hire to run this team for the next five years? What advice are you giving them? Eric Bieniemy. You just said the guy's name right then and there. And I, I, and the reason why I would like to see Eric come to Houston, because what the Texans need to do, and this is something that has actually been holding Deshaun Watson back over the, his first couple of years in the league, is the fact that he did not have a coach who can actually build an offense around his skill set. And when I look at guys around the league like a Lamar Jackson, like a Patrick Mahomes, like a Russell Wilson, and even like a uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers, I've I've seen that you guys had coaches who actually took the time to build an offense around their skill set, and that is something that Deshaun Watson did not have. And you see what Eric Bieniemy has been able to do in Kansas City. That's what Deshaun Watson needs in Houston, because I cannot tell you time and time again, it seems like, yes, Deshaun Watson so far in his career has played phenomenal. But at the end of the day, I feel like we still haven't seen the best version of Deshaun Watson. And you can actually tell the difference in these two games that Watson has played without Bill O'Brien versus the first four games or just going back to last season and the season before that with Bill O'Brien. It seems like he has more freedom now. And not only that, he has a coaching staff that trusts him. So if I can put in any kind of input on who the Houston Texans should consider, if it's Eric Ben. 
Eric Bieniemy or not, they need to make sure that they have a guy who can build an offense around Deshaun Watson and actually trust their quarterback and not just try to win a game by by trying to make the, the right move or the correct move. No, scratch that. You have Deshaun Watson. This guy can make something out of, out of nothing. Let the man, I, like I started a phrase, let Deshaun Watson cook. Put the ball in his hands and let him cook. Well, the, the Seahawks let Russ cook this year, so maybe they can get Deshaun cooking uh, with Eric Bieniemy or even even someone like Brian Dable, Greg Roman. I mean, there are a lot of guys who I think could come in and do a great – because Deshaun really is that, that talented. I asked a league source uh, a week or two ago who he thought – the perfect guy was and he, he said Eric Bieniemy, and not just because of the coaching stuff but because of le- the leadership stuff too that the organization needs a leader mm-hmm. although I think Deshaun Watson also is is a hell of a leader on the other side of the ball uh the the Packers before last week were rolling they were the best offense in football by a number of metrics one of the best offenses ever in terms of efficiency in points per drive and and, and uh, like I said a number of different metrics Houston does not look, to my eyes, equipped to slow them down the same way the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did. Uh, and that's with J.J. Watt and Whitney Merciless and and some players that I think are are pretty good. So uh, how do they do it? Are they What is the, the methodology? Can they? I mean, just give me the path for it if you can. So slowing down Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers? <laughs> Peter, I wish I had an answer for you, but I don't. <laughs> the laugh says it look, all, Cody. <laughs> look, at the end of the day, what I would say, the best version of the Texans' defense is their front seven. And they actually have done a really good job getting to the quarterback. And I know you guys are dealing with a couple banged-up players on your offensive side of the ball. And that's part of the reason why I think the, the Texans might have a slimmer of hope of coming out victorious in, in this game because if they can get to Aaron Rodgers, we saw this in a game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Once you get to Aaron Rodgers, you kind of take the whole Packers team out of the game in, in general. But the front seven is actually kind of kind of solid. And I know that might be saying a lot, given the fact that this team has the worst run defense in the league. But at the same time, I kind of feel like there were several situations that didn't go in the Texans' favor is part of the reason why they got ended up with one of the worst defensive one ended up with one of the worst run defenses in the league. With that being said, Aaron Rodgers at the end of the day, I'm afraid to know what is he going to do with this Texan secondary <laughs> because this this secondary is god awful. And you looking at it and I'm looking at it from a standpoint that Ryan Tannehill went out and recorded, I believe it was 350-something passing yards on the Texans secondary. I'm afraid to see what Aaron Rodgers is going to do. Well, and and the thing that the Buccaneers were able to do is they were able to stop the run and make the Packers play left-handed. And knowing that they couldn't run the ball, they said, okay, not only do we know you can't run the ball, but now we're going to just pressure the absolute daylights out of you. And... The Texans just don't seem like they're capable of making the Packers play left-handed. And when the Packers can play balanced, you just can't stop them. Even a defense with more talent than than Houston has. I mean, there are, like I said, there are some players I really like on that team. I think Eric Justin Reed is one of the most underrated players in the league. I loved him coming out of school. I still don't understand why he fell 
Although some people will tell you it's because of his relationship with Eric Reed and and the connection to Colin Kaepernick, unfortunately. Uh, but I think there's there's still talent there, and I think that's ultimately why Bill O'Brien lost his job. Right, the team was too talented to be losing these games and playing as poorly as they are. Unfortunately for them, that's the difference this week between a well-coached team and a not well-coached team, and and Green Bay has uh, a well-coached team. So uh, what is your prediction for how this is all going to shake out? Um, Well, I kind of feel like I want to say the Houston Texans and and the Packers are going to end in a draw. And I say that because (laughs) every time that I predict a draw on the show, the Texans end up winning. (laughs) But, you know, at the end of the day, I'm going to be just a little bit realistic and the Texans are in a position where they cannot afford to lose any more games. And I would hate to see this team go into the bye week because their bye week is next week. I would hate to see this team go into the bye week at one in six. And with that being said, I think the Texans are going to dig deep and find some kind of way to come out of this game victorious. And I have them winning this game 35 to 30. And I think their high power offense that they have displayed over the past two games would carry over into Sunday's game against you guys. And I think because, like I mentioned, you guys are are playing with a weakened offensive line. I think our front seven, especially uh, given how good J.J. Watt has been playing over the past couple of weeks, I think that's going to be enough to exploit that weakness and, and possibly get one or two stops that can actually lead to a Houston Texans victory. I think it's going to be high scoring. So I think you're right about that. I just, we disagree on who the the team with the most points is going to be at the end of all of this. Cody, (laughs) I appreciate it, man. All right, before we finish up, I want to remind you, today's episode is brought to you by Pepsi. This football season will be different and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. You're worried about the Packers injury report. I get it. But what happens when you wind up on the injury report? The Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin Health Network is transforming the way healthcare is delivered to make it easier for you to connect with the best of academic medicine when and where you need it. But what exactly is academic medicine anyway? First, it's rare. There are only 120 academic medical centers in the country. The Freighter and MCW Network is one of only two in the state and the only one in eastern Wisconsin. Academic medicine makes possible leading-edge primary and specialty care, research to find innovative cures for complex diseases, and the education of the next generation of healthcare professionals. It's like having a two-time MVP quarterback under center. You know you're in good hands, and you might just see things you never thought possible. Freighter and MCW physicians have been part of many scientific discoveries of new ways to prevent and treat diseases. Still wondering what academic medicine offers you? Visit www.freighter.com academic. The Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin Health Network. This is what is possible. Because it's not going to really come up on the show tomorrow, maybe it will. Maybe I'll, I'll speak on it at greater length. I, I got a little frustrated yesterday on Twitter because I kept hearing from not Bears fans, not Lions fans, not Saints fans, Packers fans about what a soft 
4-0 this team was. Oh, no Kenny Galladay, no Michael Thomas, no Julio Jones, et cetera, et cetera. And to a certain degree, I understand that. But here's the thing. You know who else has injuries? Everyone. Kenny Clark, before Sunday, played half a game. Devontae Adams, before Sunday, played one and a half games. So does Green Bay have to apologize for beating teams without some of their best players when they too didn't have their best players? If the Packers had lost to the Saints, everyone would be talking about, hey, did you see the Saints beat the Packers without Michael Thomas? Wow, what a win. Instead, we're sitting here trying to defend this team. And, and the reason is because of what happened in the Bucs game. If that game is 24 to 10 or something like that, or it's you know 24-15, it's a it's a it's a two-score game, but you know, the Bucs still win handily. If it's not as embarrassing as it was, I don't know if we're having those conversations. And frankly, I don't think we should be having those conversations. It doesn't make any sense. So just remember, every team is hurt. Every team has injuries. The Packers are dealing with it. And they went into New Orleans without Devontae Adams or Kenny Clark, basically uh, their, their best playmaker and probably their second best defender, maybe their most important defender. And they beat a Saints team people think is still a Super Bowl contender. Yes, the Falcons are bad, but they also just blew out the, the Vikings. And the Packers blew the Falcons out. No Devontae Adams, no Alan Lazard, no Kenny Clark. All of those guys were hurt. And, Green, and, and they lost Kevin King in the second half. And they still blew the doors off the Falcons. Do they have to apologize for that? Is that not allowed? They can't do that? It just, don't worry about it. Every team deals with injuries. And the Packers won a Super Bowl dealing with a ton of injuries. So, just, we don't need to make pre-excuses and we don't need to make retrospective excuses. They had a bad game on Sunday. Let's see how they react. That's going to be the true tell about where this team is. It's not the adversity that you face. Every team faces the adversity. It's how you respond to it. All right, back tomorrow, we'll have our live show on Periscope, and it will be 5 Central, 6 Eastern. It will go up on your podcast feed shortly thereafter. So follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski, so you'll see it. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that, 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers.